Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast where myself, Phil Sexton, and Jeff Seabach, we come together with microphones between us to talk about the industry, to talk about what we're doing, to talk about teams, to talk about Leopard, and to talk about the top five takeaways that we left Inman Connect in Las Vegas with. Yeah. Inman Connect, one of the most popular real estate conferences in the country. Yes. And although we went there and it felt like we didn't learn a a lot new about changes in the home selling process itself. Like there's nothing that is uh, today. Yeah. Right. Like there's nothing that is like we're like, oh, my God, you got to start adding this to your business because there, yeah. there was kind of the lack of that at that meeting. There wasn't like when I listened to the speakers and stuff like uh, well, I think that, that that so much of the Web has helped share information of what's happening that now these national conferences bring industry bring uh, topical experts to the stage to talk about it at a deeper level, but it's already been introduced. Like whatever it is, has already been introduced to us. Right. right. Like we've already seen kind of all of the stuff, but, but we still walk away. I don't know about you, but I still walk away with, okay, there's a little bit more clarity here on this topic. There's clearly a trend that I'm seeing here that maybe we have heard of this coming, but that totally cemented that we were on the right track with that one, or we need to make sure we pay attention to this one. Yes. And, and, it's, I think the, the weird thing is, is it's more things because the, the, it's good to know where the road is going. So you put on the right tires. So you have the engine, like, so you like, are you giving me a car analogy yeah, right now? Yeah. You love cars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but the point is, is you got to know that why, why I want to get these five top five things out there is because it's just, uh, you know, when we walked down the hall where we had five vendors that I couldn't say on the right and five vendors on the left that I couldn't say, clearly there's a lot of money influencing the industry. And unfortunately, money changes things. Like, Because like, it, we cannot be remiss to say that Zillow has, has emerged as one of the most important influences in real estate, yet it doesn't sell a house. Right, like me. Uh-huh. Well, well, they stopped Other selling their own. Okay. Yes. yes. No, but they're not. Yeah, exactly. But the point of it is, is that money does matter, and that's what we're going to see through all of this and how they influence it because of the changes that that are about to occur. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's get after. Let's it. get after. All right, number one, or should we go bottom to top? Should we do Dave, Dave Letterman style? Okay, let's do let's Dave Letterman style. All right. So these are the top five Dave Letterman style list. We're going to start with. Should we start with number five? Yes, number five. So the thing was, is number five was uh, there was something new. And yes. There was something new and it. I, I think it was the only, well. An entity that sponsored the team's journey, right? Like, so they have their content split out into data track, team track, brokerage track, right? Like they do different avenues of classes and sessions that you can attend if that is where you, what you are going to Inman for. And so the sponsor of the team's track, who, what was the name of that company? Leopard. Leopard. Yes. Oh, our pod, oh, oh, oh yes. we sponsored yes. the team's track. Yes. Oh, how can yes. I forget? Yes. Leopard. We, we hosted six classes 
And clearly the question was because we were adjacent to the main stage, like there was, we had high exposure. Um, we were on the main stage during the team's track, you know, as teams continue yeah. to grow. But what is leopard? Was one was number five, number five the is, most common question that we heard. What is leopard? Yeah, because right. people, you know, I heard all kinds of, you know, I heard someone say, are you guys trying to uh, replace any R? Well, trying- yeah, but that's our buddy Rob, who loves controversy. Oh, no, I was just somebody else. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, he was a tech guy in the industry and he was like, but no, I mean, really, it, I think the best way that we said it was um, that brokerages and NAR can't point out who the best in the industry is. And Leopard is stepping up to say, here is the best in the industry that are doing the best for the consumer. And uh, we're not afraid to brag about the best of the best because we know that the consumer needs better customer service. But yeah, yeah, brokerages and NAR, because I mean, NAR is 1.5 million members. And they can't say here's the best 100,000 or here's the best 200,000. But that's what Leopard is coming out and saying. Yeah. It's almost like if you look, when we look at real estate, like let's say basketball, for example, you like sports, right? A lot. I'm going to try to use, it's like you using a truck analogy. I'm going to try to use a basketball analogy. So if real estate, if realtors are everybody in the world that plays basketball, then Leopard is the NBA. Right. Right. The best. So of the best Leopard of, is yep. the best of the best agents who want to work together to improve the industry for consumers, but also want to be able to communicate with each other about what they're doing so that we can actually improve instead of all being siloed by, oh, I'm at EXP. I can only talk to EXP agents. Right. Oh, I'm at yep. whatever. Keller Williams. I can only talk to Keller Williams agents. And so Leopard is now trying to band together these producers that are actually working with consumers so that we can have a voice of where this industry is going. Because typically and historically, the brokers that run the franchisors across the country, like all of these companies that have lots of agents are the ones that have lots of influence of where the industry is going. And sometimes where they think the industry is going, which we might look at as could be self-serving at times, we say, well, what about teams that are actually working with consumers? We have a couple of different ideas of what we think are important. And that's what Leopard is trying to bring to highlight. Leopard's trying to highlight that. Don't have a voice for changes that are coming. Right. Because even like the, I mean, you have state regulators that basically say, well, if you want a voice, then just become a brokerage. Right. Take your team off of the uh whatever that off of being a team and become a broker if you want to sit at the table with the brokers but i think it was okay but we're selling 800 houses to consumers like we 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 actually have a pretty good pulse of what consumers are interested we're different yes 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 so i know i know that there's others out there so like our last podcast that we introduced that we interviewed mark pattison from san diego like clearly a leopard member right that is somebody that sells 800 houses himself i mean with his team but that Mark, us, you look at other top producers around the country, are where we're, what we're focused on pushing are things that we know NAR is never going to, like NAR, like you said, can't highlight the best of the best agents, right. whereas Leopard can. Right. I mean, because so. when it was, I thought it was ironic that because we had never interviewed Mark Pattison before, we met him at a comedy show, and that he said that he had a new 
agent training program. Right. Right. So it's just showing because I think the emergence isn't it weird that we have a new agent. It's not weird. No, it's because the consumer should like, you know, when you hear we'll go with electrical workers, because that's the one I hear on the radio the most. They're like, our apprentice program is four years. Right. And plumbers have an apprentice program as well, where you've got to go out with somebody that knows what they're doing so that that's how you learn. Right. And that that is something that Leopard was pushing for the customer service level, because it wasn't hard to get him to say, I agree, because he is he's already created it. But yet it's it's pushing this out to the masses. But because if we do push it out to the masses, we can start to rebrand real realtors as doing a great job versus the scum or whatever the things if you google realtors are that comes up and thieves and bad like i would say we're going back to our roots with leopard because nar was created to get the bad actors out and this is just pointing out who's doing a great job and who is not so awesome all right that was number five number four i mean the one five letter word that i have here is video And here's why is because as you sit there at these conferences and you see the people that are on stage, the personalities that are up there and you do a little bit of research on them. What I found is the majority of the people that are getting highlighted as being great at their jobs as being a real estate agent or being a team leader or being a brokerage owner or whatever are all, it it, it was an overwhelming majority of them had personalities on social media. Absolutely. And it wasn't like back in 2006, your personality on social media meant that you posted a picture or you wrote an article. Yes. And in 2021, your personality on social media means that you have a constantly, you have a constant story. Yeah. You have, you have newsfeed content Yes. and you have interactive stories where you can see what these people are doing on the regular. Yep. And, it, and they clearly have uh, teams behind them that are focused on producing and distributing videos so people can learn who they are and before, getting their brand, getting their branded out electronically through video. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's almost like, you know, in 2005, when I was an agent and I went to talk to a uh, elite performer and then I talked to another elite performer and I talked to another elite performer, they all had assistants. Yeah. And I was like, before I even knew what an assistant was, I was like, I have to have one because every successful person I talked to, same thing with database, is they had a database and they had an assistant. And I was like, oh, those that is just the, you have to do this. Yes. And that's what we learned about video is, is no longer is it, hey, you should. Basically, if you want an expanding brand, if you want to create something that's growing, you have to lead with video. And then your personalities and your purpose in life displayed in that video, right? Right. With them in the forefront, it was easy to find them. It was easy to see them and why video continues to, because you know what the great thing about video is there's so many aspects of video, right? Meaning video for the consumers, video, I meant video for the consumers in the process of a transaction, videos for people inside the team, videos for on neighborhoods, videos on like, it's just, um, it's funny that we still have to encourage people to do more video. Like it's 
Wait, yeah, what? but you see, I mean, when we came back and we were talking to our team about the video ideas that we learned, and even myself, I'm trying to take what I learned there and apply it. I'm trying to do more stories and more postings so that I give an idea of what it's like to run a team, right? And the things that we see from marketing standpoints and whatnot. And one of our team members sent me a message. She was like, she actually posted on our CBUC team chat, our private Facebook group that we have, where she posted her video of a DIY project she was doing at home with some paint on the wall. And then I was going back and forth with her a little bit. And she's like, oh man, it's so, it's hard. Videos are hard. They're, they, they're time consuming. And I don't know that, like you could remove and replace the word video there with anything new. Yeah. Right. Of like course. Anything new that we want to go down. I like mean, there was, she was just giving you blow about learning anything like. Yes, but yeah. it's a pain in the ass. And, you know, when you start to go and you have you don't have momentum on your side, you're right. You're pushing a rock up the hill. Yep. Keep pushing that rock up the hill, though. And it's hard to push that rock up the hill. But I tell you what, there is a downhill slope that is coming. And it's not like it's all up and then it's all down. You constantly have these up, downs, up, down, where you catch your rhythm. Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing about video for anyone out there that's listening, that's like, I don't know if I should do it. Let me, let me, let me help you out. How about this? Video yourself with the plan that you're not going to show it to anybody. Okay. Just video yourself as if you're. So you can watch it. Yes. Okay. Right. So pretend like a buyer asks you a question. So write down a question that a buyer would ask you or write down a question that a seller would ask you and then hit play and record yourself. And now you won't worry because you, we've all, it's funny because selfies is very popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But video is not yet. They're both of the same thing. But selfies is because you don't have to share it with anybody. Yeah, but, but the point, hold on. But, but my point of it is, is that once they record what they say and they listen to it, I just want them to ask themselves, would they work with themselves? Mm. Right. Because you'll realize or, or that. Or no, could but they that's answer where, it better. That, right. Yeah. Yes. And that's where the problem comes in. But that's the beauty of it is because as soon as you start recording yourself, you realize that wow, I need to improve what I say. And then oddly enough, your business gets better because you improved what you say because you've never recorded yourself and listened to it. Because we, we in the listening appointment, we listen to other people talk and then Jenny listens to it and she tells me they did good, they did bad, they did good, they did bad. Like the reality is, is then we can give them feedback to help them improve it. It's a self-feedback loop. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I mean, uh, that concept of using it to train yourself is, is its own topic because I mean, it's its own podcast. Yesterday I had an agent here in the office and he was talking to me about his open house strategies and how they weren't working. And I was like, well, let me hear what you say. That's what it sounded like. He didn't have a recording of what he said. I'm like, next time somebody walks into your open house, why don't you push record, put your phone in your pocket interact with them so that then you can come in here and say, listen to what I said. Not, not a video, even though it kind of is a video. Agreed. Right. It's yeah. an audio recording no, to yeah. help. I mean, video totally helps get better. It helps you get better. Oh, dude. I mean, the recording of what you do. And then you, I love the video because if you record your video, you see your face, like, like, oh, I don't like, want to like, see my like, face. Like, like, well, no, like, ask, I don't even want to listen to my voice. No, no, no. So like, ask me a question about a spot item. Hey, Jeff, um, 
Should I disclose the water leak that was underneath my sink in 91? Uh, 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 uh. Like that, but that, but just that alone, you're the pain that I saw on your face, right? Makes yeah. you seem uncertain and then makes you not seem like a professional. And then you lose the listing appointment because of your, the, they don't even realize that they're making faces when people ask them questions. So I you're get, saying they should make a video of them answering the question? Well, no, but my point is, is just that video can help you learn how to get better. Right. That's all. All right. Video can, I'm just trying to get them. That. I'm just trying to get it because if they start recording themselves, then they'll realize that they just have to then send that out. To, yes. They yeah. have to just forget about making it perfect and get it out the well, door. Because the hardest part of video is getting the first one done. And that's why, you know, typically mm -hmm. I'm like, record it, pretend like you're not going to send it out. But if it's great, then just send it out. Right. Like, yeah. All right. Good deal. All right. Oh, number three, Phil. Number three, IDX gets blasted. You know, like, like by a player that has big guns. Well, I mean, using your NBA analogy, if LeBron James says something, everybody it, hears. Everybody hears. The ESPN picks it up. Uh, every news channel. Yeah. So, who's the real estate's version of LeBron James? I would say his name is Andy Florence. Andy Florence, the CEO of CoStar. Right. Only because CoStar, the company that bought homes.com and that bought homesnap.com and that has put Zillow in its crosshairs of trying to be a competitor. Right. But why it's on this podcast is you probably wouldn't have guessed that. You would have guessed that I would have said Rich Barton. Mm, the CEO of Zillow. Right. Co founder of Zillow. Co founder of yes. Zillow. But Andy Florence's company makes money regularly. And they have purchased HomeSnap and Homes.com. So they're officially in the space. In the residential space. Right, right. Like they're they have historically only been in the commercial space. Now they're going to take what they did in the commercial space and running a profitable business and are applying it to the residential space. Right. But that may not be a company that if you sold real estate, residential real estate in the last 20 years is not one that's been on your radar unless you know a friend that's, or a client that's buying commercial space and you, you're familiar with... LoopNet. Right. And LoopNet is a free service to the consumer, which oddly enough goes in line with where the DOJ is talking about redoing it. And it, because the DOJ has said that they don't like that MLS data is private. Right. So they already have a public. So, but bigger is more of it. You know, it's, I don't know if it's a, because essentially him blasting IDX, which I want to explain is, is a much bigger uh, explosion because of how much it affected. So explain it. So what Andy is talking about doing, in, before he even says what he's going to do, he describes the existing system. And the way he describes the existing system of IDX, meaning an agent puts their, he, he takes it, instead of talking about it in the digital world, he takes it offline and he goes, let's just say that you are a listing agent and you have a nice conversation with the client, the seller, they sign the agreement, they're going to list with you and you go out to their front yard and you put your post with your sign in the ground in their front yard to so that everybody can know that this house is for sale. Well, what if a van pulled up and he said that the name of the, the van company was probably something like Ziltor. 
Ziltor, right? Yeah. Ziltor. Let's say that a van from the Ziltor company pulls up and they spray paint your name on the sign and they spray paint your phone number on the sign. And instead they staple a little business card to the bottom of your sign. So technically it has the information, your information so that you're legal, but then they pound another agent's sign in the ground next to it so that they can help their agents get the calls and the inquiries and, and consumers don't see you anymore. That's IDX. I, he said, because when he said that they're hijacking listings is what he said. Yeah. They, that's why we're calling blacked I mean, blasted. Blasted is it. IDX. Or IDX yeah. is hijacking listings. Because you can go to ColdwellBanker.com. He, he, he said that no other business that he's aware of, and I agree, do we let other people, you know, take over, like... If you're going to go sell something on OfferUp, right? Like we don't let the calls go to somebody else and then come to you. Like, like he said, it's just so strange that we are in an industry, even though half the industry still, I mean, I heard in another meeting there where they were laughing at his approach saying, well, because he was positioning it against Zil Ziltor, yeah. right? Like company, but the reality is all the other brokerages are doing the same. Like this is the, this is the cornerstone. I don't know if it's the cornerstone of MLS. But no, it's what has happened. It's when IDX became, got approved, first of all, and started to become norm, the norm listing agents just started to accept the fact that to get more publicity on that their was listings. How it was pitched to us. Yes. No, well, originally it was pitched like, hey, this is great. You can get more publicity on these listings. Look, enable IDX. And then that listing is going to show up on everybody's real well, estate website. Just at that time, it actually it, was because there was no. Yes, and that was great. Yes. But then what has happened is the um, buyer leads to the listing agent has gone down, has continued to reduce and reduce and reduce as the popularity of these IDX sites has gotten larger and larger and larger, larger. And as these IDX sites have gotten better at capturing those leads and giving them to their own agents rather than the listing agent whose property that they were inquiring on. So the fact that all of the like Zillow, Realtor.com, Coldwell Banker, Remax, whatever, Seabock.com, uh -huh. we have all of the houses that are for sale or under contract that have sold in a neighborhood because of IDX, but at no point on those listings do we say, and here's the listing agent's contact information if you would reach out, if you'd like to reach out to them. No, we're trying to do it to generate business for us. And it's interesting how um, well, well it's it's amazing because the the um the support for it still remains very large, and it just has introduced the idea that there's some cracks in our system. And now there's an official debate right? because of this, right? We're, so fair, but the cracks in our system, which we saw is why we came out with our digs. We, we were, at, well, but the problem was, is um, we were in the G League. We mean, we didn't have a $40 billion market cap to, to, right. to roll yeah. our digs out. Right, right, right. We are yeah. bootstrapping yeah. Leopard and, you know, and our and, digs. All right, that's why I made the analogy because we said LeBron James is him and LeBron James makes $40 million a year and we don't. And, you know, we're bootstrapping it like the guys do in the, the G League. Right. Like we're, we, because we, we can say it all day. We, we were saying this. You mean the G League, they have to buy their own shoes? 
Yes, they have to buy their own shoes. They and have to, yes. LeBron doesn't have to buy LeBron his own shoes. Doesn't have to, I don't even know if he buy. I mean, anything, right? Like the basketball related. Yeah, I assume it's free. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right. But the this the idea that is it a good idea to let others profit from our listings, even if it gets more traffic, is an interesting debate. And Andy clearly came out and said. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's ethically IDX is ethically wrong. Yeah, it's funny. But it's, he's not attack. He the the piece about him that I think is very calculated is he doesn't actually say IDX. He says Zillow. He picks on. He has picked that one opponent, even though the concept that he describes of what Zillow is well, doing him and, is actually IDX is actually not just Zillow. It is everybody that has IDX on their website. Well, no one would say that Andy Florence is a non-calculated dumb guy. Right. Because if he comes out and says, I'm anti-Zillow, then all the realtors who are also anti-Zillow are going to support him. If he comes out and says, I'm anti-IDX, then people are like, wait, what? Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, it was, uh, well, I mean. Come on, Andy. Come on our podcast if you're listening. And let's talk about what. He took the, the company that leveraged it the most and created a business model to succeed off of winning the online war the top two is who he attacked with with ziltor right like assuming that he was not just picking on zillow he was also picking on realtor because that was the other half of the ziltor but he very infrequently talks about realtor.com well, clearly the article that he interviewed with Brad from months ago, he talks about Zillow being unethical, right? Like that business model. I mean, he, yeah, no, yeah. but IDX get, gets blasted. And I think it's interesting, not that um, IDX and the DOJ and the NAR conversations about buyer agent commissions and whatnot. Like, I feel like there's a few items that are pretty significant that could change in the next three to five years. Yes. No, it, it, it is clear. We are on a, yeah, we're on a precipice of change and it's why we're going through. This is a big one because number two. Yeah. Number two. So we did five, we did four, we did three, number two, right? The changes keep a rolling. Are the changes keep a rolling? Yes. I have teamerage. Yeah. I think this one is just team influence expands and starting to really get the eye of the money out there that the teams may be replacing the brokerage yet because the old model still it's broker agent. So now we're seeing a mix, right? So now we're seeing this blended, yeah. like it, it, you know, it, because it used to as soon as you grow, agents. they push you to be a brokerage. And now we have this team that doesn't really like, yeah, let's talk about, go ahead. It used to be broker and agent. Right. And then what happened is the agents that started to do more business created teams. So then it became broker team and agents. And now the teams are having so much influence over the over the agents at their company, they kind of look like brokerages. And so they're being pushed into this become a brokerage world. And they got rebranded from they got rebranded to team ridges. Team ridges. Teamerages. It's hard for me to even say. Teamerages. But the point is that these boutique, it's like a resurgence of the boutique broker, right? Where you have these small companies, it's a boutique brokerage, but it is really just their team right? has become an independent broker. And why I say it attracts money is because, right? So now we got a broker that says all of the 
other brokers are taking a bigger uh, chunk of the pie than they deserve. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're talking I'm, about side. I'm, I'm talking about side. I'm talking about yeah. guy gal comes up on stage and he says, um, oh, "I'll tell he... you. I'll tell you what. I will tell you right after this commercial break." Okay, quick commercial. Have you noticed that the industry talks about raising the bar, but no one has done anything? Agents are being mass produced without any training standards. If you're ready to raise the bar and increase the level of professionalism amongst new agents, visit realestateleopard.com to pledge your support and join hundreds of others who seek change within the industry. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you. All right. Okay. The, the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Guy Gal created a brokerage that because this is why we, we named this one Team Influence Expands is because team teams are not being served, obviously, in the old model because there wasn't a place for them. It was broker agents. So now, you know, some of them have leaned in more, Which is like Keller we- Williams has leaned in more and EXP has leaned in more, but they're, like, we've done a podcast in the past that said brokers think that teams are a parasite, parasite. but then we saw, bum, bum, bum. No, the teams are the ones that are, bro- side came out and said, no, no, no. It's the, the teams are actually serving the consumer well. Teams are actually who the consumer wants to work with. So I'm going to build a brokerage that's silent, but then we're all, I'm going to provide tools to the brokerage. So side is, Guy said that they were the invisible brokerage. Invisible brokerage. Right, because what they do is they are the back office. And, and maybe we can get Guy to come on our podcast, actually. Lena, let's reach out to Guy and let's ask him a few more questions about side. But I think it's interesting that side... If you look up like in a, in a market that they're in, you can't just Google side realty and find all of their agents because they create- Pretty cool business model, They right? create mini independent brokerages, even though they appear to be so independent brokerages. They're boutique, they boutique can... brokerage models, but they're technically connected by their back end. So they're on this side network, even though- the consumer brand would be for us in this example, the CBOC team, it would be its own brokerage powered by side. Essentially a team ridge. Correct. A, I mean, yes. A, a platform to have team ridges. Right. Because team ridge, just to make sure that the definition is close, is when a team grows to, let's say, 30, 40, 50 agents, 100 agents, whatever it is. But probably once you get to the 200 transactions or 300 transactions, They've now become large enough where they can save money because, I mean, I mean, what do we have? Two or three brokers on our team already, right? Like, so the idea, because the, the mass amount of brokerage broker, you like every team already has a broker on their team typically Mm. because someone at the point got the licensing and because it's not hard, you just take the classes and, and I could take the classes and I just choose not to pay the fee. Cause I don't think. Cause I'm, I'm just trying to get back to the point you're trying to make here is that as brokers, as teams grow and become and have brokers on staff, they should become brokerages. No, uh, they have the dilemma of, do I go to a team focused company like EXP or, or do I leave 
and start my own. Which is one of the most common questions we got when we joined DXP was why didn't you guys start your own? Yes. Like, well, because because that's a totally different business. Right. We, we looked at it as independent where these other people are like, no, we, and that's where it's kind of where side comes in and says, well, let me take that pain off your plate. Right. Right. Like, let me, let me give we'll you be your compliance machine, which is what broker brokerages are. But we'll actually provide you tools is what we found yeah. is interesting. And we haven't seen those tools and we'd like to hear from him directly. But the reality is, is when we, you know, I would say we've been to four Inmans or fives. 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 21. 21, five. Yeah. And there was not the team influence before that we saw. And now we had you. And matter of fact, you emceed it yeah. right where it was. And the interesting thing. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Uh, we, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, yeah, how great you were. <laughs> yeah. <in the> stage. <laughs> Phil was excellent as Just we expected. Kidding. But the interesting thought was because this shows you our challenge with Leopard and it shows you. Because the teams, like Phil, it's funny because the old model of brokers being the most important entity in business, and now it looks like teams is putting up a challenge that the brokers showed up, but the team leaders in large part did not show up. Why? Because they're out working. They're the ones that that's the challenge of this is there it. Teams are actually the the boots on the ground people. And the way that we had to reach them was through video, right? Because we had to record it because there was only, you know, if there was 2,000 people in attendance and there's 2,000 people online, most of the team people were online watching, right? Because they were they can't get away from their business to spend five days in another place. And it's, you know... Or it's hard to because of the the your business may fall apart while you're while you're gone. I liked one of guy's stats. What was his stat? He said NAR's dirty little secret is that seventy percent of the houses sold are by part time agents. Uh, I, yeah, and funny though is our research in our area, it's even worse than that, right? Like the reality is, is part time agents are the abundance. Mm-hmm. I was saying that my, my research that 87% of the transactions have one of the top 5% on either side supports that same kind of idea that, you know, I mean, he obviously did research that we didn't do, but yeah, I'm I was just saying that those we, messages are, op- isn't that the opposite message? No, I'm, I'm, maybe that's why we need to have him on. So we can say, what did you mean by that? No, he's saying that part-time, <clears throat> like I, Part-time agents do 70% of the deals and you're saying the top 5% does 87%. That's why I'm like, I was confused by those numbers, but I'd like to ask him, I'd like to question what he meant by that because obviously our research that we did was the opposite here in Phoenix. And I wonder if we're an anomaly. No, no, no. Well, that's the, this is why the stat is confusing is because there's two people on each transaction because it's a, it's a, it's an elite agent with a part-timer. In every deal. Got it. Roughly. Roughly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, it was in line. Oh, I, okay. So then it is to say, all right, that's great guy, except 70% of the homes are also sold with an elite agent. Or yeah, or even oh, more. Oh, because it's out of 200%. It's not out of 100%. Correct. So, oh, we learned that math from another company. That, 
Yeah. Where a hundred percent isn't the whole, 200% is the whole. Well, but, but the reality is, is because it, it, it it's a hard story to tell because there's 6 million sales, but there's actually 12 million 12 sides. Million sides. Yeah. But people don't talk about 12 million sides. They talk about 6 million sales, even though All there's right. two. It, it, yeah. So, but you know, as soon as something gets confusing, it gets ignored. Simple sells better than confusing. Well, simple is certainly our number one. Yes. Right. Because simple is one of the thing. One of the reasons why Leopard even got started was to help simplify the real estate transaction. I mean, do you feel good coming on this podcast saying that we created Leopard and it happens to be all of the items that were the most important items? We're not far off, man. I, I like <laughs> this is. Th- we're not far off. Yes. Number one. Drum roll, please. Yeah, this may be shocking to you because it was shocking to us. But the number one most popular topic that was in all the hallways that people wanted to engage us about the most that we saw other tracks talk about as well is the idea of vertical integration. Vertical integration. Let's slow it down. Vertical means up and down. Correct. So but you're so just- one customer can go from floor four to floor three to floor two to floor one. Right. And that is the residential per- real estate transaction, real estate commissions, mortgage, mortgage origination, and the fees associated with that title, title and escrow, escrow companies. Yep. Yep. Insurance. Insurance. Absolutely. And it goes broad yes. and then it expands yeah. out from there. I if mean, you want to talk about moving like, companies well, or I- if you want to talk about painters, if you want to talk about landscapers, it moves on from there. Crazy. Right. Bundle and save. Bundle and save is what we heard. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, it was funny because going there, I didn't know it was going to be that loud. Right. It was obvious and it was every. So here's the piece that I thought was interesting is that a lot of the pre um, planned content was whether brokerages should be offering themselves as a one stop shop. A question of whether they should. Like, should uh, Century 21 be a one-stop shop? Should pick fill in the brokerage name? Obviously, they're not talking to OfferPad. They're not talking to Opendoor. They're not talking to Zillow. They're not talking to Rocket Homes, Rocket Mortgage. They're not talking to Loan Depot. They're not talking to Redfin, which are all companies that have already done that. Correct. Right. They're talking to everybody else that hasn't done that yet saying, hey, should we be paying attention to these consumer brands that are making headway? Well, I mean, when the answer is yes. And the reason why it's leading is because the reality is the consumer brands that are offering bundle and save are the ones that are leading, i.e. Zillow's going. All of the names that we just talked about. Redfin, you know. I don't ever remember Rocket Mortgage having such a large presence at Inman. No, they were clearly one of the title sponsors, like Homeward and Rocket Mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We didn't even get into the Homeward, like, because these are, these are. But I don't know. I want to finish Bundle and Save before we leave our number one most biggest point from Inman is that when we taught a session about bundling and saving to, to in the team's track, one of the reasons why we focus on teams being able to vertically integrate their business is because they actually are in the living rooms with consumers negotiating how much the consumer pays. 
Right. And when that person, because if I, if the, if EXP Realty, which is the company that we're at, they have a title company, they've got a relationship with a lender, but that doesn't, their relationships don't benefit the consumer any. Those relationships don't benefit us, the real estate agent any. Whereas when a team. But that's normal in real estate because IDX doesn't benefit the listing agent. I mean, I, you want to have that debate? It benefits us. Uh, okay. A little. Right. Right. Those right. that leverage it to for lead Fair. generation. Okay, good deal. But I don't right. even want to go down okay. that path. Okay. All right. So um back to bundling and saving. When the team leader is the one who's generating consumer, when whoever's generating the consumer leads, right? The buyer leads and yep. the seller leads, and that is meeting with those consumers, they're the ones that can control how much that consumer is charged. Right. And bundling and saving means you can offer to your clients the ability for them to pay less if they choose to use the services that you offer. Right. We It's why we think that the agent level we will be most successful inside of teams is because we can actually offer the consumer a lower total cost. Right. Right. Like it's actually less expensive if they use us versus for all of those services right versus going to the bank over there where you have to support that guy's yeah. family and going to the title company which has to support all of those people and then going to the insurance company as opposed to just using one service to one company to do it yeah all. i also like the point that i heard at the conference where um <clears throat> the consumer chooses savings even over what realtors want them to choose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even though you can list your house with this, I will choose uh, two things. because Simplicity. Simplicity. And savings. Well, I was going to say easy, but simplicity yeah. and ease. I think it was because that's actually, they were, I would say almost ease is first in this. Because, oh man, this I mean, whole time we've been leading with, we can sell your house for more money. And now what we got to morph to is the simplest way to sell. Well, because what, what, why is I buying working? It's ease. Is it not? It's yes. not more money for your house. I mean, well, I'm sorry, but we haven't even talked about the fact that Zillow left the I buying space. And that's not what this podcast is about. But they weren't, they were overpaying for houses. Yeah, but that's just called dumb. But it doesn't matter. They still did it. So now you were making more money by having an easier transaction as a seller. Like it was, it, it was messed up, obviously. Yeah, clearly. But they could pick the simple process, the simple path of not listing, but they, and they still got more money. They can't make it simple. They are they can't sustain the simplicity. They agreed. Right. Like they, they I'm they, sorry. They can't sustain the let's pay them more money than they could get when they go on to the market. Well, it's just their business model and versus what the environment has proven and shocking to me, honestly, because I would have guessed that Zillow would have continued. I mean, I mean, now the podcast has come out and their, their stock has dropped massively. So um it's showing cracks in their approach. But I think it's because the consumer still wants it to be easier. And if I can save money and it's easier, like to me, that, that that's a double win for them. But why we need to push this to agents is we have to make it easier. Right. Like when you look at yes, when you look at open door consumers. and offer pad buying the house, 
it's pretty easy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I own a house and I was like, you know, do I really care about the five or $10,000 difference? Or do I just want to take that one and get rid of it because it's a headache? Yeah, I can see people making that decision. I mean, they even yes. choose no representation, yet we're trying to force representation. It, it just, it, it's really putting pressure on the system yeah. because there's nobody fighting for, and now we're seeing the betters and these other companies, even Homeward's offering bundle and save, Zillow's offering bundle. I mean, like, like yeah. they're, they're, these- everybody is trying to make it easier and cheaper for the consumer. And teams aren't going to get left in the dust on this. Teams are going to help lead this. And it's, um, we have options. We, the research that we have done and trying to figure this out for us has led to a dozen conversations after the fact where other team leaders across the country are like, Hey, Phil, Hey, Jeff, how did you figure this piece out? I wasn't able to figure that piece out where we're talking to guys from Texas to Wisconsin, to the East coast on what we can do together, right? Leopard. Let's work together to figure out how we can bundle and save so that the consumer gets a better, we have cheaper, go, faster experience. We have we don't have the money that the, that these other companies have raised, right? They have raised lots of money, so they get lots of um, yeah we good do. input. And the way we're going to get good input is by banding together across the country to figure out who wh- how can we figure this out the best so that we can all then offer that <coughs> so that we can stay in front of the consumer. Yeah. And with our budget, we get to do a free podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. And with you. their budget, they get to do Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. I think we're going to win. <laughs> no, but it's why we have to band together across the country is because we have to start to build a force and we have an actual influence so that we can help each other find the best mode out there. If you have made it to this point of our podcast, please share it. Let other people know that we're trying to have conversations around this topic, that there's a group of agents that care about consumers that want to work together to figure out how we make real changes in this industry. Let your friends, let the top producers in your office know about this and let's have more conversations around it. Right. And and as a conclusion, it was just as we're going through this, it feels like more change is coming than yes. in past years. Like it, it, it feels that it's getting... Well, when Brad opened the conference with the comments about the millions, hundreds of millions and possible billions of dollars that are being pumped into technology platforms made to augment the real estate transaction, right? Like the prop tech and the billions of dollars that are being pumped into prop tech, guess what that's going to create? change. Yeah. The amount of money in the system plus the regulatory entities that are going on is going can, to create can, can change. Can you feel bad for billionaires? Can you feel bad for billionaires? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, because the, the one thing that like when you see them on stage and their flies unzipped and you're like, fuck, I feel bad no, for that happens guy. to me too. Um, mm. the, no, I was more <laughs> of, unfortunately, like they get stung by a bee and they're no. allergic. So like they swell up really big. Keep, I feel bad for that guy. Keep, keep guessing. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> All right. So no, I was talking to the point of, I feel that we haven't gotten to the next iteration. So the question is, is are they? Oh, of course are, not. Are, right. You so, mean the great washout when this, when the bottom falls out of this thing? Yes. What lives? Right. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're building it for the old system because the old system has been there for a while, but I don't think the, I mean, clearly if IDX goes a who, like what, I mean, if that changes massively, 
Um, I think a lot of these are built on the idea of the, that several things. One, that uh, the IDX is going to be in place. And two, the uh, buyer broker commission is going to be there. And three, that uh, pocket listings will go away. Cause that's the other thing that the DOJ was like, I don't like the whole idea of, of restricting supply to not pocket listings aren't going to go away. Uh, I would kind of come back. You're going to come back. Right. Because you, cause it, cause it's restricting consumer choice. Right. Right. They don't like that. They're cause this, the consumer cannot see all of the supply and the, it, it, they, they need options and you, you can't put parameters on the consumer and in the current model it is. And that's why we expect there to be lots of change. I mean, it's just like, a, it's a shit show out there. Sorry. I think, like, don't apologize. I say shit too. Okay. Um, let's go to EXP con in Vegas. Actually we're at EXP con in Vegas right now as yeah. we're airing this podcast. Absolutely. And so we might even have, uh, it'll be interesting to see how a broker national brokerage conference differs from the Inman style conference. And I can't wait to come on in a week to chat with, well, our, with I, our listeners about it. Yeah. I mean, EXP con, I definitely think is going to have a different tone. You mean because Mario Lopez is there at the black tie awards gala that you got to buy a suit for, or that Vanessa Williams is going to be I the keynote? buy a suit for that. You can rent one, but uh, I just found out that it is a black tie affair. They, well, they'd say that because realtors don't dress up. Are you going to wear a tie? I don't think I'm gonna like polo. Yeah. No, I'm going to. What are we going? Flip flops. Flip flops. Oh, you going flip flops to a black tie affair? They're not. I mean, That'd be different. We, we You'd paid stand for out. a ticket. I mean, I, I'm going to dress nice and I'm going to be presentable, and I don't know that it's gonna. I mean, that, we're, we're not going to have mohawks. I, I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't. I mean, I have a jacket. Does that count as a suit? I think that we should go to the costume store and freaking dumb and dumber this thing, man. Like, let's go. I'll go baby blue if you want to go orange or I'll go orange if you want to go baby blue. Like we need ruffles on our shirts and canes with top hats. That's black tie, bro. Can't wait to come to y'all, all of our listeners and talk. Do it, do it, do it. If you want us to attend a black tie affair dressed as uh, yeah, it's, Lloyd it's Christmas. It's probably too late because it already and, happened. By the time oh, shoot. That's right. That's right. All right. We'll all right. let you know how it went. Thank all you guys right. for listening. Reach out to us if you got questions. Happy Thursday.